Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yo, what's up? Alton Our Stars podcast. I'm your host, Chris Payne. Today's episode, we have Devin Welch, the singer of the duo Magical Clouds. They have a new album coming out on October 16th on Matador Records. It's, it's called Are You Alone? We talked about that album, and I really enjoyed this talk because we talked about a lot of other interesting, different things. I really hope you enjoy, appreciate our sense of humor. I definitely enjoyed this conversation with Devin. We talked about the Protestant Reformation, which is a first from the Alt in Our Stars podcast. We talked about linguistics. We talked about Montreal. We talked about... When Magical Clouds Open for Lord, we talked about a video he did with Grimes a few years ago. We talked about a lot of things, so this was a blast. I hope you enjoy it too, and as usual, it's really, really helpful if you give any feedback you have, positive, negative, whatever. The best thing you can do is if uh, you feel it in your heart to rate the podcast on iTunes. That's super appreciated, and uh, yeah, any feedback is always good for us, so... Here it is, Magical Clouds on the Altenar Stars. Enjoy. This is really strange. <laughs> hey, Devin, how's it going? Pretty well. How yeah. are you? I feel excellent after that song we just listened to. I'm yeah. inspired. Yeah, I'm looking forward to more music by the Pope. Yeah. So we just listened to the debut song from Pope Francis off his upcoming prog rock album. The song is called Wake Up, Go, and there's some more of the title that I can't see because the SoundCloud embed is kind of a bridge. It's Wake Up, Go, Go Forward. And actually, you're, you're saying your arrival in New York, we're in New York right now in the Billboard office, your arrival kind of coincided with the Popes. Yeah, and, and, and I didn't know that he was going to be here. And then I showed up, and he was here, and it feels good. Has be. it been? Because you've been here, it's you've been here a couple of days, like doing press and things, right? I was here. I got here yesterday morning. Has it been difficult? Have you been like driving around with like lots of roadblocks and traffic? Uh, not really encountering anything in terms of road closures, but lots of people lined up for things. I saw two really big lines today, and one of them was. For the Pope, uh, I guess getting into Central Park or something, huge line, I couldn't see the end of it. It was blocks and blocks long, filled with people in suits and nuns and priests and 
And then the other line that was also really, really big was outside the Apple store in Manhattan, and it was for something. Some I don't know if, if Apple released something today, mm. but so that's those are the those are the priorities of the day. Mm. The Pope came to bless the new the eye pencil. Have you heard about the eye pencil? No. No, it's it's the, it was when they they had that. It was like two weeks ago. They had the web event where they live stream it from the Apple website. The event out in um in Cupertino in California where they unveiled the new products mm-hmm. on stage. The mm-hmm. the yeah, there's the eye pencils. Once one of them, it's like a hundred dollar like stick used to write on your tablet. Okay. That. Yeah, maybe he he could take over as the CEO of Apple, a second job. That, ooh, that could be cool. Wow. Dude. I feel I feel like if I was Apple, I would have already reached out to him. But yeah, mm. I'm sure they have. Huh. They've thought about it. Because I th- I do think a lot of people probably like big Apple fans and I like Apple stuff. They might've seen like Steve jobs as like a Pope figure. Mm -hmm. I think Apple fans probably really just want someone to go all the way with them in terms of just, you know, being outright about the spirituality of the whole enterprise. (laughs) I think Steve jobs sort of restrained that impulse in him and in the organization. But Mm -hmm. I think Apple fans are probably just looking for it to, it to drop all pretenses so someone with the right qualifications could come in and and just sort of rally rally the 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 spirituality that's definitely with uh you know inherent in the, the whole apple enterprise yeah and steve jobs was known for dressing very simply like when he went up and introduced the products in like a like a plain sweater and jeans the pope he's he's above that yeah, yeah, he would yeah. take it to the next level. Steve Jobs is more kind of restrained, the Protestant ethic, you know, mm-hmm. kind of repressed. But uh, the Pope is, you know, not repressed at all. Very full regalia, wearing his white outfit, as we've seen on the mm-hmm. news on Twitter today. You were saying we're open to the Pope going on tour with him. Yeah, I would go. I would definitely, I would definitely go to just soak it all up. You know, mm-hmm. the whole. The whole thing. I was thinking a lot about what, just what it's like to be him. Because he's not born into being the Pope. He just, at some point, becomes the Pope, gets voted in. Mm -hmm. And then, at some point, there's a moment of realization where he's like, oh my God, I'm never, I'm never going to not be the Pope. And... And that there's, you know, there's a billion people and they're all, you know, worshiping him and people are crying and there's babies and there's stuffed, stuffed toy versions of him and him on T-shirts and he's going to churches in Central Park and there's people lining up around the, you know what I mean? It, It seems crazy. It's like the only people that the Pope could relate to would be like Paul McCartney or maybe like Bono. Bono, I think yeah. maybe Bono like already thinks he's like the Pope. Bon- yeah, that's Bono probably the just Steve Jobs wants. connection. It's all coming together now. Yeah, yeah. Steve St- Bono probably wants to be the Pope. <laughs> I mean, in some way. Yeah, I think that's what he's trying to do, but he 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 his platform was rock and roll, and he could only go so far. Yeah, but the Pope is doing it top down. It's like start at the top. 
start, you know, as the figurehead of Catholicism and then go mm. into music. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, it's, yeah, it really is much easier, this business model going from the top down, I think. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I was going to say, because I saw you guys opening for Lord when you did that tour, and it was like a definitely a bigger kind of venue size for Magical Clouds. Definitely. The Pope would be sort of like a, you know, we're, we're talking about moving on up. It was closer. That was the closest I've ever come to feeling like the Pope, mm. was just being on those bigger stages. Yeah. Um, still nothing like him at all, but that was the closest that that I came just in terms of um saying anything into a microphone in front of a lot of people <laughs> yeah yeah the the um the one i was at was the festival pier in or no it's uh, chelsea pier in yep. in new york city it was i don't i mean i can't speak for the whole tour but it seemed like it would have been one of the bigger bigger events bigger crowds of that tour yeah sort of it it was it was bigger in a certain sense it was the most anxiety racked uh, event of the tour. Mm-hmm. There were other shows that were better and bigger and more relaxing and more fun. I remember when we were there, we played a couple of the shows on the tour and then it went to New York and then we got to New York and then we uh, were in a we were in our minivan and we got lost in New York on the way to the venue and we couldn't find it and we were in communication with this guy who's local production i guess uh-huh. uh and he was just like yet screaming at us and was just sort of like just destroying our self-esteem as we were continuously <laughs> getting lost on the way to this thing and it was just like you gotta be here by a certain time you gotta be here and then and then and then we couldn't figure out the directions and there was construction and then we finally rolled in and then there was just the energy of it was the most intense there just the, the new york local production people were very uh impatient and uh not understanding and then we kind of like rushed onto the stage and everyone was there and then we played and then we rushed off and then yeah it felt it felt pretty okay yeah (laughs) (laughs) and was that the last like actual tour you guys did before rolling out what the tour for this album yeah that was the last uh, full tour that we did so we haven't toured in a while um, we did like one-off shows here and there. Um, 
but yeah that was the last time that we did a, a real full tour i think it uh took some time to decompress from it yeah i bet <laughs> kind of figure out figure out uh what we were gonna do um yeah it was it was cool it was definitely intense mm. kind of a fish out of water situation um but we had fun with it with the tour yeah and going forward because i mean you guys have gone from just playing for a few people in living rooms to that which is kind of absurd what do you think i'm sure there's so much what do you think you've learned that'll like inform your performing going forward um yeah we played yeah we played we played those same songs like at a house show in 2012 and then we played them on that stage um going forward um i don't know nothing matters too much um i mean nothing matters so much that you should take it super seriously I think that's what I took away from that tour most of most of all, kind of the what I was interested in. Um, uh, I guess I, yeah, just that like having fun performing and uh, kind of being spontaneous and remembering that just as a performer, the audience usually wants to have a good time, and so it's if you want also want to have a good time, then you can usually find a way to do that yeah and i'm thinking with getting a fan base and people coming back to shows once you once magical cloud starts headlining it's i think it must help a lot that your fans or the people who come to your shows are more used to what a magical cloud show is now because it's pretty different than most other artists performances yeah 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 definitely yeah like the that seems to be the fun thing that i'm sort of identifying about continuing on as a musician as an artist you know as i get older and as time goes on mm-hmm. is just that people become more and more kind of familiar with like the things that you want to do and like the experiences that you want to give people so then you kind of just attract those people and you're not really playing for people that are that are just like oh i don't get it like yeah or, i don't want to get it you're more and more just being like okay you know this is what we want to do you know now what we are sort of about and if you want to come, then come. Mm-hmm. And then the the shows and the experiences that we can have are just what we want to do, rather than being like uh, just constantly playing for people that have don't know anything about you. Yeah. But also from knowing about, and not just a Lord tour, but just things you've done and performances before, it seems like those instances where there's lots of unfamiliarity, it creates opportunities to just do like weird different things yeah 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 for sure that that's definitely that's definitely true i think it's also you can also do weird different things with people that are fully expecting it Mm -hmm. because just just switching it up just doing something different than you did before um i don't know the last show i played i wore a wig for the whole show (laughs) just what kind of a wig it was like a, a hair extension that I that I sort of like hung on the back of my head, so it looked sort of like a like the front of my head was short and the back was long, kind of a Skrillex haircut. Uh, more of like a mullet. Okay. Yeah. Precursor of the Skrillex haircut. Yeah, yeah, but it but it was I don't know I wasn't really joking around I, I but 
Mm-hmm. I just felt like wearing that because it kind of gave me a different thing to do on stage, move my hair around. and mm-hmm. um, So doing things like that is fun. Yeah, what about the time that the audience did push-ups during the set? Was that a more familiar audience or a less familiar one? That was a headlining show that we did on our first headlining tour of the U.S., and so people that came out had probably never seen us. Well, maybe because we had played in, this was in Portland and we had played in Portland once before. So maybe some people had seen us before. Um, but it was just kind of, it seemed comfortable. Everyone mm-hmm. seemed happy to be there. And I, I was really into doing pushups at the time, mm. just in general. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a good exercise. Yeah, yeah. I do push-ups every morning. I, I don't, but I try to do it every morning. Yeah. So we just did some mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Got some people on stage. I think I outlasted them because at the time I was doing a lot of push-ups. Well, yeah. <laughs> you you were like, you did it because you, you felt like, I'll probably be able to beat most of these people. Yeah. No. I just wanted to win. Pick battles you can win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I knew push-ups was like in my back pocket, so mm-hmm. I pulled that out just to like make sure the audience knew that, you know, I was a I was a strong strong man. <laughs> no, that's that's not why I did. But what about filming? I always wanted to ask you about the Oblivion video. Mm-hmm. Use, it, use it for Grimes when you were filming that. Your that scene where you're doing like the the curl with the the. Um, the dumbbell did you have to do that over and over again through a whole filming process I can't remember I probably did it a few times but not that many maybe two or three times and I I was probably more kind of able to do that at that time than maybe I am now I think Mm -hmm. I was working out more then Mm -hmm. Um, yeah yeah what was how much were you on the set for that and all of the filming process Almost not at all for that. When I was in the locker room, we were there for a couple of hours because they just needed some some guys. Mm -hmm. And then there was a mosh sequence um, where I was there for, again, maybe an hour. A bunch of guys moshing with their shirts off. Did you know them before? Like, who were they? They were, they were, let's see, college students. Um, I think maybe some of them were Claire Boucher's brother's friends or something like that. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Just guys that were slightly younger than me. And yeah, that we did some moshing with. Yeah. Well, you you guys seem pretty together in the video. There was, there was an instant bond i guess yeah i think i think there were some beers everyone had some beers okay and then took their shirts off and then there was like a push-up circle (laughs) and then and then after the push-up circle then we put on the music and then i think it was like a double time version of the song and then just moshed to that which Mm. was cool it was like happy hardcore yeah exactly positive hardcore yeah 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 totally Was that before or after the the show in Portland with the push-ups? That was before. Okay. That was in 2011, the video. 
And then the Portland thing was in 2013. Okay, okay. Precursor to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We should talk a little bit about Matthew, though. I wanted to talk about, like, the... um. Just the way in general that you guys write songs, and or maybe it's I don't know if it's changed with this with the new album, but is it a sort of process where he makes music and you add lyrics or you do lyrics first? What's that like? Um, I'll write a song. The way that I write is by making demos. So I'll use Logic Pro, which is a recording program. If that's not too boring, but use a recording program make demos and then that's how i'll write a song so the song will be written and it'll basically be a demo recording and then i'll write a bunch of songs uh take some of them and then bring them to him and then we'll do something with them sometimes it varies like sometimes we'll use the sounds that i have and we'll play it live and in the process of playing it live he'll add some things and then we'll figure out like what needs to change about the song and then Mm -hmm. we'll change it Sometimes I'll bring a song and then we'll basically just re-record it with like all different sounds or different synthesizers and stuff like that. And uh, so the our working relationship is kind of like I'll make a demo version of a song and then the the two of us will work together on kind of like changing the sounds, fleshing it out, getting it ready to play live, and then through that process, like coming to like a different, slightly different version that is the final recording. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say it does seem like compared to impersonator, with um, like I'm not really a, like a music person. I don't much about recording music, but it seems like there might be a few more tracks within the the songs themselves, like not quite as minimal mm-hmm. as impersonator. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's definitely more going on in the songs. Um, the the songs in impersonator all were kind of slightly built out versions of just little loops so they were basically as minimal as they could get and then we just added some things to them uh the songs on are you alone are when i wrote them the demos are a bit more developed so there was more going on to the songs to begin with and then i think we just kind of had more fun with sort of like being a bit less restrained with how the songs are arranged this time around. Mm. Well, let's listen to a little bit of the album. This is the title track from Are You Alone? I'm just tired of the things that I've already tried. Man, if you lose your balance, you will fall. I wanted to talk about Devin was like reading about your past and learning about you your interest in comedy and that style of performance I was thinking about the role that comedy plays in Magical Cloud's music and I was thinking would you say the new the new video for Silver Car Crash do you is that on that wavelength yeah 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 I think we're trying to be funny Mm -hmm. with the video to a certain extent it's not like a sketch but it's a you know, it's not meant to be super serious. Uh, I mean, I guess obviously not. Um, yeah, the video is supposed to have a sense of humor to it. I don't know. I mean, I kind of tend to feel that way about the music in general. 
I know that it might not scan that way for people when they when they hear it, but for me, there's a certain amount of sense of humor to it. I mean, for for the album "Are You Alone," there's kind of um, I don't know, like one of the intentions was to make something kind of melodramatic, something where there's this there's this. Uh, space i don't know if you're into andy kaufman or like familiar with him mm-hmm. just where like he'll be, he'll do some bit on late night tv where he he sort of he becomes so innocent and so sincere in one respect or another like there's one letterman where he talks he he basically comes in and just sort of plays the part of being like a total failure and then he's coming on letterman and he's just like being totally real he's and then he ends with sort of asking the audience for money because he just has nothing going on and like he's so super deadpan about it. And then there's another one where he talks about going to um, a weekend workshop about how to love and about how to he learns how to hug people and how to like tell people that he loves them. And then and then he basically just turns into like a baby. Like he changes the way that he walks and becomes he sort of starts waddling and he's like let's see who do I love and then he starts like going over to people and hugging them and hugging people in the audience and brings his parents out and tells his parents he says that he's never told his parents he loves them before and and then he tells them he loves them on air (laughs) and just things like that and where there's where he just kind of goes over a little bit overboard with with like his innocence and his uh, his his innocence becomes a source of awkwardness and also the source of the humor and um i kind of feel that way about some of the music on are you alone uh and i guess that's partially where like the humor comes in for me um but it, but it can go both ways like i don't know i, I kind of find like smashing pumpkins to be kind of funny sometimes mm. like billy corgan as a character can be very funny in his music just because he can get so he can get so emotional and yeah. sort of emotionally sincere about things and, and kind of like uh, hyperbolic. And um, But I, I really also like Smashing Pumpkins and I, I think it's really good because it can be theatrical and it can take you to this place where you, you, you're experiencing emotions in a more heightened way. And uh, so I kind of wanted to try to make music like that too a little bit that uh that can be funny but that can also kind of like take people to a to a sort of uh exaggerated place and music that kind of feels innocent in its emotions yeah did you see that photo that went viral a couple months ago of billy on the train (laughs) yeah yeah. thunder mountain railroad ride in disney he's sitting on it looking miserable yeah yeah (laughs) yeah that made me happy He's a really, yeah, he's a really funny guy. He he stayed really <laughs> sincere too. I don't know. I just, he wears his emotions on his sleeve. Like when he, he did the, a Howard Stern interview and he just talked about, I don't know, he criticized all of these bands of the 90s. He, he criticized Pearl Jam and talked about how <laughs> at the end of the day, like they don't really have the songs that he has <laughs> and that like, it was all about the songs like do they have the songs or not and he talked about how kurt cobain you know like had the songs but that like he sort of stacks up with kurt cobain and okay and it was just this weird thing where it's like 
man, don't worry. Everybody won. Like you and Pearl Jam and Nirvana, like everyone sold millions and millions of albums and, and you're super famous and everything's okay. And But he still needs to attack all of these people. And uh, I don't know. He, I just feel I just feel like it's really easy to uh, empathize with him, even though he's kind of an asshole sometimes. Mm. See, he should have been a millennial because millennials—the whole thing with us—is that everyone got a medal for showing up. Generation X was so angsty and so like sarcastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I know he 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 was born in the wrong time. Product of his times. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, are you familiar with what we're saying about Andy Kaufman and this kind of humor? Are you you're familiar with Nardwar, right? Yep. That's do you think that's kind of on the same wavelength? Um yeah, Nardwar is definitely a similar type of thing. I feel like Nardwar doesn't really go as far or go in the same kind of places. Um Yeah, I think Nardwar's okay. Mm. he's cool he has his own thing going that's cool um i think i think i definitely like andy kaufman more okay but yeah yeah it's sort of the same thing of being so so putting himself out there so much that it's so easy to just make fun of him like that's where so much of the appeal comes from yeah 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 exactly yeah yeah that's definitely an aspect of andy kaufman too for sure Mm. Cool. Um, yeah, and like talking about the lyrics, is getting back to what I, how I originally brought this up with the video, I think it's a little bit more obvious for someone like me who doesn't know much about like what the experiences were to see the humor in the video because it's very clear. And I guess for people listening, because you can't really put a video in a podcast, you're on the train tracks kind of goofing around and playing around, blinking with your eyeballs, that mm-hmm. sort of thing in the video. So you're saying there's it's in the lyrics too. So do you think you like exposed more of yourself than usual in the past with these lyrics uh then with like the when then with her first first album yeah like progression do you think you're like more and more coming out i don't know i don't know uh, not necessarily i think they just have a different angle to them the songs just are more i don't know i feel like the songs are more kind of innocent emotionally and um more uh i don't know there's just like there's just a a different feeling they're less like ingrown i feel like all the music on impersonator was kind of ingrown and kind of uh kind of dark um and the the stuff on this album is um more uh sunny to me in some ways yeah, and that probably ties in with just having more going on musically with like what I was saying. It sounds like there's more tracks. It's a little bit fleshed out. Like on the first track on the album, towards the very end, it almost sounds like there's a brass instrument, like a little horn there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That there's is, some, that there's is. some stuff. Yeah, my the first track on the album has my friend doing a saxophone, and um, and then. Uh, uh, yeah, there, there's, and then I think on another track we used some of his saxophone as well. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, there's definitely more going on. Um, yeah, just kind of like the values of it are are all different. I think. Yeah, it's kind of uh, aiming to do something a bit different. 
And what about Owen Pallet? Because you worked with him too. What what was that like? Um, it was cool. Uh, he ended up uh, doing some violin on one of the songs on the album, uh, So Blue. And he came over to Matt's studio and listened to some stuff and sort of gave us his thoughts on some of the songs. And we kind of like took took his advice mm-hmm. on some like production choices didn't take advice on some other stuff and it was cool he's a he's a nice interesting guy yeah what songs in specific did you use his stuff on um just so blue okay on the yeah. album um th- that's that's all that ended up uh on the record mm. cool let's play a little bit more of the record this is silver car crash and i know We talked about um, Montreal a little bit. Do you do you still live in Montreal? Yep. Cool. Do you have you? Is it the same part of it where you've lived since you started the project, Magical Clouds? Yep. I live in the same apartment. Huh. Cool. Do you have the? Do you have any roommates? Do you, I do. Do you live with anybody? Yeah. the The guy that I uh, co-directed the video for Silver Car Crash with, I live with, and sometimes live with another friend uh, in the apartment. Mm. Yeah. And it's been the same. Uh, the guy that I directed the video with is Neil Corcoran, and uh, we've been roommates for a long time. I don't know how long. 2010. So f- I guess five years. Yeah, so it sounds like a good something to be constant in your life because probably with the touring and things like that, a lot has just been changing. Yeah. Yeah, for a while there, I was not really in Montreal that much. But I've been there pretty consistently for a while. And, uh, yeah, it's good for something to be just consistent. Mm. I like that place, and I like the city, and I like the neighborhood, and I like the life that I have there. It's uh, it's good. And what's the neighborhood called? Um, it's called the Mile End. And, yeah. The, My, mi- the Mile End. The Mile End. Okay. I live on the border of the Mile End and uh, Outremont, mm-hmm. which is another neighborhood. Cool. Yeah, I don't, I've never been to Montreal. Like, <laughs> what is it like? Um, your neighborhood, you know. My, I mean, Munch, yeah, my neighborhood, it's a Hasidic neighborhood and a Greek neighborhood and an Anglophone neighborhood. The city in itself is really interesting just the there's so many different groups and the languages you know there's people speaking Mm -hmm. you know french obviously people speaking english people speaking spanish people speaking yiddish uh people speaking um i don't know just there's so many languages there's so many different little pockets of cultures and it's kind of it's like a bilingual city within a French province within a bilingual but majority Anglophone country. I don't know. There's just 
the the identity mm. of the city is very multifaceted. Yeah, do you speak French? Uh not not well. Mm. I mean, I I can read things and have uh you know, business interactions. Okay. Yeah. But uh it's like a, a put on the resume. I can read things, business interactions. <laughs> yeah, more or After less. After that, we got to take it to English. Yeah, 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 basically. <laughs> I I'm trying I'm learning right now. I'm 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 trying to learn more recently over the last few months. Um I don't know. I even in high school when I studied French, I, I I've never been very focused on learning other languages mm-hmm. and I've been able to just get by with English there so but it's it's not it's not ideal yeah I, I wish I was bilingual I wish I was fluent mm. it would make my life a lot better there but the Pope on that track he was singing in Latin we decided he well he was speaking in Italian or Latin I couldn't tell but then okay. the singer whoever was oh, singing right, was yeah. speaking, singing in Latin who, yeah because there's the Pope does uh, his the sermon the spoken word breakdown and then at the end of that when the the vocalist who's singing comes in that was the Latin part that was the Latin part yeah but yeah, yeah the Pope was he, was he was in English oh yeah he was speaking in English yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. He was speaking in English yeah and then they and then like the the singer comes in in Latin they're trying to make that hip like to sing in Latin mm. it's gonna it's gonna be cool. Yeah, well, like we were saying, it's it's probably not a good thing to just have one dominant language that everyone's expected to speak. Yeah, this is a very universally appealing song. Yeah, or we could we could bring back Latin as kind of like the language of the day, <laughs> make everybody work equally, except yeah. like a few very privileged Latin scholars. Yeah, who have known it all along, who would just immediately have they would run the world, the upper hand on all yeah. of us. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I I, sh- I was tr- I I, sh- I should have learned Latin. Um, I, uh, I, I I studied religion in in college, um, and and learning Latin would have been really handy for me. But I I took a week of it and I, and I I couldn't do it. It was too difficult. Mm-hmm. It's a it's it's a it's a language where the person teaching you. Latin is probably not going to be very fun because if they're fluent in Latin, it means you spent a lot of time in your life learning Latin. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. And just sort of not really, there's not a lot of other people to talk to when you're learning Latin, you know, Mm. like (laughs) learning French or Spanish or whatever. It's very social. You can start to speak with the other, Mm -hmm. other Spanish speakers, other French speakers. Get Rosetta Stone with your friends. You all learn it. Like you're going to go on a trip. Yeah, but if you're learning Latin, you're alone in your room with a book mm. or with someone else. but With another boring person. Yeah, exactly. Mm. It's just a red flag, I think, if you're fluent in Latin. You spend a lot of time alone thinking about thinking about life. Thinking about the Middle Ages. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, don't, thinking too much about the Middle Ages, I think, is bad for your health. Mm-hmm. I majored in history, and you, did you major in religion? Yep. Okay. So sort of a common thread there with, like, certain things like the Middle Ages that you just, just bad vibes. Yeah. Bad it's, vibes. Yeah, very, everyone seems like they were very violent and impulsive. Like, anyone in the Middle Ages would just hit you <laughs> for for something really small. 
yeah. feel like I feel like people probably slapped each other in the face a lot more readily in the Middle Ages in Europe. But that's just I'm I'm not a historian, but I'm just thinking I'm thinking about like Martin Luther. Martin Luther probably hit a lot of people. Hmm. I'm thinking of wasn't he really known for during the Reformation, like posting things up on churches, on like Catholic churches, like the the decree of the Protestants. Yeah. Well, he. Well, he. Well, the 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 Reformation began with Martin Luther nailing uh, the ninety five theses to the door of the church uh, in Wittenberg, and those are just basically his. They're, they're, they're sort of like topics of conversation for like a meeting that was to be had about potential reforms mm-hmm. to the to the church. It's like an agenda for the meeting. Yeah, basically. He like tacked the, the, the agenda up and then and then that led to a meeting where they discussed. That the seems minutes. polite. Yeah, 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 it was polite. yeah. Um, and then everything sort of snowballed from there. Mm. And then he he disappeared for a while. He went into hiding, and then when he came back, um, uh, I think he supposedly uh, had a, a quite a case of constipation. Hmm. Is the uh, is the rumor about Martin Luther? So, because I think he was he was stressed because he nailed the the theses up and sort of started this, you know, made it made it okay to criticize the church or to think about how we uh, people could change the church. And then within a few years, people were uh, getting out of hand. Slapping each hand, other. Just going crazy, yeah. Yeah. Taking over cities and, uh, you know, just taking the idea maybe too far. Reading the Bible too much. Mm. We'll, we'll edit that part out in case the Pope is listening because we, you know, he might after we called attention to his song and our plans for for Apple and everything. Oh, he yeah. He I mean he he might he he wouldn't think positively about Martin Luther. He might agree that maybe they were reading the Bible too much, hmm. too much study, not enough deference to authority. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it hasn't died down after all these years, huh? That he still is not a fan of Martin Luther. No, I mean yeah, especially you know in in America coming to America. America's uh America is a product of uh Martin yeah. Luther indirectly. The 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 craziest crazies of the Reformation uh ended up splitting from Europe because you know, they they wanted to distance themselves from maybe less um uh what's the word? less fanatical uh Christians, yeah, the more liberal ones, I guess, like the the the, yeah, the more liberal, the pe- the people that came to America were probably less liberal. I mean, or more like extremist. Okay, you know, more kind of you know like diehard. It's like you mm-hmm. know, like no, no, we're we're really serious about this. And then everyone yeah. else in Europe is like, well, I don't know. I mean, like, it's cool, but like, let's not take it so seriously. Mm-hmm. And then, but they really wanted to take it seriously, and they were really obsessed with their. Uh, their salvation so then they came to start a new you know a new jerusalem kind of thing that would have been like the pure the puritans right yeah okay okay and then uh 
and now we're here. Mm. Wow, I feel like it all just came together. Yeah. I my my history education, your religion education. Yeah. I get it now. And now the Pope's coming over to celebrate with us. And it's just like, well, we can celebrate a bit, but at the end of the day, you know, we uh we can't really see eye to eye. Mm. I think we we might worship different gods. But I hope you guys still get to tour with him. I hope Magical Clouds does get to play with the Pope. Yeah, I would I would convert to Catholicism if we got a chance to to tour with the Pope. So there's the pull quote right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wanted to save that one. Cool. It's just about everything had a mind that I want to talk about. So thanks so much for coming by, Devin. Yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot for having me. It was uh, it was fun. Cool. Yes. Yeah, so that concludes another episode of the Alt in Our Stars podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to the podcast by clicking the iTunes link towards the bottom of the story in the last paragraph if you're viewing this on the internet, on the Billboard website. Otherwise, just search for it in the podcast on Apple, Alt in Our Stars. There you can also rate the podcast, which would be super awesome. Any rating you want to give us. Five stars is cool, though. We'll say, we'll say four stars, but um, also some archived episodes. Actually, all the archived episodes there. A lot of fun stuff. Uh, last week, we had a talk about our most anticipated albums of the year coming up. Had the Wonder Years on not too long ago. Had an interesting talk about country music. All sorts of good stuff in there. But anyways, the uh, podcast, remember, runs every Friday on the Billboard website. So until next week, have a good weekend, guys. Bye-bye. Hey, Shang, you Wake up. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.